Good evening, ladies and gents. It is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. And the new improved Win the Whack podcast starts now. You know, in retrospect, we should have done this uh, Sunday night because we would have been a lot more positive, a lot more filled with optimism. We were ready to crown the Lopes national champions, but now we just know that they're an offensive dumpster fire. But none of that matters for the next few moments because we need to make a special welcome to a pioneer, an early adopter of Win the Whack podcast. That's Zach Cecil. Welcome back, man. How you been doing? Been great. Glad to be back. What what have you been up to these days, Zach? It's been a few years since uh, you were a student at GCU. Uh, yeah. How you been? Been been good. Been up to a lot. I uh, last week I was in Virginia. Um, I actually had my grandfather's funeral. He uh, it was really cool. He got buried in Arlington National Cemetery. Um, so nice. it was it was pretty sweet to see that. Um, but that's where I was for most of last week. It's a uh, it's funny. Uh, he. Uh, he passed away like a year and a half ago and Arlington takes a long time to schedule. And when they give you a slot, you just have to make it work. And so they give us like a random Wednesday at 10 AM. So it was like wild, but it was very, very enjoyable. Okay, nice. That's awesome. What are you doing for work these days? Uh, I am currently teaching slash coaching at uh, Glendale prep. It's a, it's another great hearts Academy down in, in, in uh, Arizona. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm teaching uh, middle school, uh, history and English, and I'm coaching uh, tennis. Right on, dude. So we've had, uh, including myself, we've had three coaches on this podcast. So yeah. um, I'm not going to say that we know exactly what it's like to coach a college program, but um, we have we have perspectives. You know, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's really cool to actually have some uh, some people who are really involved in GCU and just uh, have that passion for the basketball program to be able to come and. Uh, come and talk about it on the podcast um really quickly you mentioned glendale prep what's the um athletic director from there well not the athletic director the uh john ricky uh yeah so he is the athletic director he's kind of the uh district athletic director for all great hearts so he was i know he was your head at when you were at cicero and and i guess my head now he used to be the athletic director at glendale prep um but he is the kind of district director, our athletic director until this year had actually been GCU basketball legend, Jerome Garrison. Um, okay. Last, so we've, we've had him for the last several years. Uh, he actually stepped away at the beginning of this season because he, he got a job in the athletic departments at GCU. So he's nice. back there. And uh, I don't know if you know, uh, our boy, Matthew Hawkins, shout out Matthew, if you're listening is, is taking over as our athletic director. Oh, that's so cool. Good for Matt, man. Um, he, yeah. uh, so I coached at Cicero as, as our listeners have already heard in our last episode, I coached at Cicero last year. I did a assistant for the varsity program. And then also I was the head coach for the middle school program. And uh, I actually coached against Matt and who, who was the other Noah Roundy? Noah. Yeah. So Matt and yeah. Noah, those, those are great dudes. That's awesome yeah, for well, Matt yeah. though. Uh, good for him. Uh, another great hearts shout out that I want to make um, Cicero, uh, the varsity season just started and um the boys went to Tempe prep last night and curb stomped them. This is the same Tempe prep that was in the one, a championship last year. Um, they beat Cicero. They beat us four times, including invitational tournaments last year. Um, and our boys 
you know, well, Tempe prep actually moved up to two a this year. Our boys went down to Tempe prep uh, yesterday though. And they, they beat them by, I think 26 or 27. So big shout out to Cicero. Yeah, man. Good. Good for them. Uh, Cicero's one a, right? Yeah. Cicero's one a, we are looking to be a, a juggernaut in that low division. Yeah, they can, they can tear it up. <laughs> yeah. Super proud of those guys though. So, um, but yeah, let's get into the lopes really quickly. I have a question that I asked uh, John Mark last week. Um, you've listened to the pod, correct? Or at least some of it. Yep. Yep. Awesome. So you heard me ask him which uh, which game would have meant more if oh, we had won. Yeah. You would have um, picked Iowa as well, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Winning an NCAA tournament game is huge. And it's like there's there's a fun factor of like, oh, what if we beat ASU at home, which is like that's that's adorable and it would make ASU fans really mad. But I think nothing would be greater for this program than winning an actual NCAA tournament game. That is an excellent adjective. Adorable. I, <laughs> I think I think that most teams in the WAC, especially New Mexico State, who uh, absolutely is annoyed by us, would think, yeah, that's adorable. You wouldn't beat. ASU go win a tournament game or go go play in the tournament for that matter you and Tarleton in Texas Southern right (laughs) (laughs) exactly right um so my question for you I'm going to switch it up a little bit this week if you could take any past lope and put it on this year's team to try and uh put us over the hump who would you pick oh man dude that's such a good question um man uh the guy it's funny i i went to the montana state game and at that game there was one guy i actually thought of it i thought dude if we had this guy we would just dominate and that guy was do you remember uh this was from a long like a lot this is a this is a deep cut from our freshman year do you remember keontae vernon is that dude, his name keontae yes dude that guy was a monster and i would love to have that guy on this team aside from asbjorn netgard probably our last actual you know big guy yeah. Actual center. I remember though, Keontae Vernon, I'm sure like many Lopes players, um, the free throw line was part of his common nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he was, he was a dominant, dominant guy down low. Um, my, my answer for that one, uh, and, and there's massive bias involved in this one is Gerard Martin. Yeah. Dude, that guy was a tone setter. He'd go in and defensively, and and here's the thing. The the Lopes are already really stout defensively this year. Could you imagine what they would be with, with the, with the man from down under (laughs) on roster? Unfortunately, he's at Cal Baptist now as a, is it really? Yeah. As an assistant, he's been there. I don't know. Well, I don't know about this season. (laughs) No, no, no. He's not playing. Um, He's there as an assistant. I, I don't know if he still is this year, but he has been the last few years. So you know, wish cool. it was with us, but yeah, you know what it is. Is, is Damari Milstead still at San Francisco for his ninth year of eligibility? <laughs> That's a great question. I actually, uh, <laughs> I'm actually curious as well. Um, it's funny that you say that we, we talked last week on the podcast and you and I had texted about how just hilarious it is. The players that were on our roster back in 2018, 19, when we were, when we were doing this last, um, yeah. You know, I, I think of Roberts Blumbergs, dude, who we thought had an incredible ceiling and was just a, yeah. I, I mean, sadly a bust. I, um, yeah, you might be right. The the Finky Bros, dude, yeah. I you, I texted you, you this as I was listening 
to last week's episode. And I, I do remember thinking, like, we got a four-star recruit. His name is Tim Finke, and he's going to score 40 points a game. He's going to, like, he's going to bring the loaves to the promised land. Dude is a monster. I also, I also listened back to our old podcast episodes, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, you had said something so funny about Tim Finke. Um, You said... He said, I actually like what the Lopes are doing here. You know, Tim Finke, he could be on any other roster right now, starting and being a massive contributor. And the Lopes are just like, yeah, you know what? We're going to we're going to make you earn your spot, you know? And now we look back and it's like, well, maybe you just weren't that good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, because I remember we we got him. He was a, it was like it was like our first four star recruit. So we all freaked out and he came off the bench and he was pretty good. Um, for that like little stint. And I remember thinking like, I have so much respect for Thunder Dan right now, bringing Tim Vicky off the bench. <laughs> Thunder Dan, dude, the, the Dan Marley Kool-Aid. Um, yeah, no, that, those were the days where oh, I just want to, on that those. vein, I am going to make a vow to the podcast. I will not get banned on, I will not get blocked on Twitter by our current basketball coach. <laughs> like I did with Dan Marley. <laughs> I forgot that you had been blocked by by Thunder Dan, dude. I did, but I changed my username to Fire Dan Marley, so I guess it was deserved. You know what? Massive respect to you for that. Um, it it was it was massively time. Like there was, oh man, we're we're so much better for having him not be part of the program right now. But I feel honestly like we were set back a few years because of that. Um, you were saying that there's there's a little bit of tea about the Dan Marley era era. Yes. So at my time at Glendale prep, I have gotten to work with a number of uh, a number of lopes, both uh, former players and coaches with Marley at GCU. I'm not going to name any names uh, so as to not dox anyone. Uh, but yeah, one of the, I, I talked to a guy who, who used to be one of uh, close, close to the program. We'll say, and I remember telling him stuff like uh, stuff like what we said on the podcast, stuff that I <laughs> stuff that I had tweeted about the way that the, the team functioned. And you, you mean like still, how you mean like how they didn't shoot enough mid range shots? Yeah, I remember. Totally I remember kidding. every game you just <laughs> being like, dude, you, if they you, shot more 15 footers, you should have hit me in the back of the head and just said, shut the heck up, dude. You're ridiculous. Um, What I, I think this is what it is. And I don't know that as as someone who was much or not experienced at all in coaching. I think I now understand what the problem was with Marley uh, in that it was in order to coach, you have to explain um, uh, what to do, how to do it and why. And I think Marley was really good at saying what and not how or why. Right. In that, like, in that, like uh, we would get out rebound and then he would just scream, at like labor, like just get rebounds. <laughs> like it's, it's just what I'm just, just stop it. Just make shots, get your free throws. Right. And it's like any coach can say those things. I think like I anybody can watch- in the stands can say those things. Yeah. Yep. The Havocs I'm sure we're also wishing that we would get more rebounds and make more shots. Um, But I think it's the actually like, how do you do that? Or like, how do you run plays to make that happen Uh, is where uh Marley was not super hot. Um, But I think that like the whack was so bad. And GCU was just good enough that for just so long, no one cared. Cause it's like, we're going to win 24 games a year and lose to New Mexico state three times. And we were just fine with that for well, a while. Well, I personally was not fine with that. It <laughs> Me was, neither. 
it was very frustrating losing because I mean, dude, they GCU won against New Mexico State at home 2015, the year that we were seniors in high school. And we were like, oh, here we go. Here we go. We're going to be the team to be when we are eligible for the tournament. Um, And then four years, four years at GCU, I never saw us beat New Mexico State one single time. And I used to get in fights with people on Twitter. Eggy Fanatico, if you're listening. Oh, man. Love that. <laughs> um, you know what? I have a newfound <laughs> respect for you because, dude, our we used to think we were the greatest thing since sliced bread, GCU. And our program was just not – it wasn't where we thought it was at the time. And it really reared its ugly head when you when, – when in 2020 or 2019-20 – when I was a senior and that's when we had a losing record. And after that season, Dan Marley got fired and, you know, people were flooding the streets in in jubilation. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I'm sorry. I, I kind of ruined your thread on, on, on Marley. You said you, you, you had some people that you've had discussions with that were close yeah. to the program. Uh, the thing is, I think, and it's, it's, he doesn't know how to make players do what they need to do. And like, he can tell them, Hey, you need to do this better, which, but it's stuff that like any basketball player can identify, right? Like you as a basketball player, if you're getting dominated on the boards, you know that that's happening. The thing is like, what do you, how do you adapt? What do you do differently to not let that happen? That like the, like Marley um, just didn't really do. And that's what it, that's what it uh, seems like. And that's what I, was told and that the because of stuff like that the culture kind of suffered there was a lack of trust in in the coaching staff um one of the things that i thought was really interesting on this same topic is i i brought up chris jans because he was always like seen as like the golden child of the whack and like marley just sucks and if we had a coach like jans we would win games was he the coach before or after marvin menzies at new mexico state after menzies so yeah, yeah, okay. He was the most recent coach there before he went to Mississippi State. Oh, oh yeah. So he was he was there last year. Yeah, he was there from when we were there up until last year. Um, but I I had said, like, yeah, Jans just seems like and I wasn't, you know, obviously I don't follow New Mexico State's actual like games nearly as closely as GCU's, but what they basically had said is like, no, he's the same way, he just has more talent. So I thought that was interesting that like they didn't think Jans was a very good coach either. And that might be biased because, you know, they're rivals or, oh, don't tell New Mexico State fans I said that. But, um, but yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is Mississippi State isn't going to be anything special now that Jans is there. I don't know that they were anything special before. So. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that either. I'm just. Yeah, I don't expect Jans to turn the ship around. Okay. They'll be, they'll be a, they'll be a 17 win team or something. They'll okay. be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think it's funny that you, uh, that you mentioned New Mexico state and how they perceived their coaches that last year, maybe it was the last two years under the Dan Marley era. Um, wasn't Menzies on our staff. Mm-hmm. Yep. We originally, I remember thinking and, and looking back, like maybe this was weird. I remember thinking we brought him in to take over for Marley eventually. Like that was what I had thought. I, I recall that conversation as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I guess that wasn't the case. I don't know why, he was brought in. Maybe they thought that like he had an understanding of New Mexico State's like style or system and could help us with that, um, or just that they really liked him. But it seemed to be something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know what ended up happening there, like where he went. 
but yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I, we've been talking about the old lopes so much that we, we're just neglecting the new lopes and how still they're horrible at offense. Yeah. Like this is actually insane. So, so let's dive into the last couple games. Um, you know, John Mark and I had said that if GCU beats Grambling, we are going to be national champions. Like, and that's thanks to uh, Grambling having a nice little game against Colorado and Colorado having a nice little game against Tennessee and Tennessee having a nice little pay-per-view matchup with Gonzaga in Frisco, yeah. Texas. Um, mm-hmm. Same Gonzaga that got absolutely demolished by Texas, by the way. Maybe Kentucky stinks. just might not be very good. Well, they did beat Kentucky, but Kentucky also appears to stink. So, you know, maybe there's some pretty decent parity in college basketball this year. Regardless, the the Lopes. Okay, Grambling. Did you watch this game? Um, I did not. I kept up on it. Do you remember the text I sent you? I think the morning of the Grambling game or the day before. No, I don't recall. I said something along the lines of. Hold on, let me let me find what the spread in that game. I think it was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You said you said that it was it was Lopes by thirteen and a half, and you said you were gonna bet the house on Grambling's money line. I I said I'm gonna bet the house on on Grambling to cover thirteen and a half. And boy, oh boy, did they not cover thirteen and a half? So what did they? Yeah, we won thirty three. You bet for the Lopes. You bet for the Lopes. You lose. You bet against the Lopes. You lose. There's just no winning. Yeah, but I think if I'm going to lose money, I want the Lopes to win. So I'm I'm okay with 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 betting against. But yeah, I, I what's funny is I I don't actually ever remember Grambling being good. But I think that all of us are kind of like, Yo, Grambling beat Colorado and Colorado beat Tennessee. Like maybe it's Grambling's crazy. It's a fluke. The Pac-12, the the Pac-12 is the most unpredictable conference and on planet Earth, and you can't use any Pac-12 game as a metric for anything other than that one game. Did you say? unpredictable or did you say pathetic power five yeah they're both true okay got you i just wanted to make sure man but yeah no grambling i i caught a little bit of it i was i was hosting a preseason tournament here um and i I was able to watch a little bit of it in between games um while while i was running clock too that was probably really good for the games that i was running clock for but (laughs) gcu obviously looked really decent against grambling and that leads me to believe that grambling you know is exactly what ken palm ratings has them at is the 310th best team in the nation and for what it's worth for what it's worth in real time at 8:08 p.m on tuesday november 22nd they are playing arizona state and they are down 17 at the half yeah so, so it, grambling yeah. is nothing special colorado is as many pac-12 teams did lost to a swag team um, but <laughs> Wait, is Grambling in the swag? I think so. Um, you know, conference of champions, right? The, the pac 12, um, in the, the, there was a, this year, the, the pac 12 partnered with the swag to do the pac 12 swag legacy series in which there were six games in which pac 12 teams traveled to and played at swag schools. And in those six games, they split the head to head three and three with Colorado losing at Grambling, Arizona state losing at Texas Southern. And Oh, what was the other one? Washington Wazoo lost 
to also to someone. Wazoo lost to like Prairie View A and M. So the Pac-12 just yeah they lost to Prairie View by eleven. So they just suck. Pac-12 Con- bad. Conference of champions. What can I say? Yeah. Um, right. GCU against Scrambling though. You know it was. Um, I I didn't get to keep a close eye on it, so I wasn't able to see much of what we were doing offensively or defensively. Um, however, you know you could just tell GCU had the better athletes. Um, well, GCU also kind of shot, shot lights out. out. Yeah. And what, what's really funny, and this is, I think, a testament to how actually bad GCU has been from the field this year. Uh, GCU shot 36% from three in that game, which is like good. Very, but, yeah, that's where you want to be. But but if, if 36% from three and 42% from the field is shooting the lights out, we're in, it's going to be a tough year for the offense. I'm honestly embarrassed that I just said that we shot lights out against Grambling. No, but what's funny is it felt like it. Like it felt like we shot the lights out and we shot 46, 42%. I mean, dude, we were 68% from the line. I'll take that yeah. any day of the week for the lopes. That's fine. Um, being facetious, here's- obviously, here's the thing. 36 from, from three, like you said, has been, that's exactly the most we could probably expect from this team barring or I guess even though we went out in the transfer portal and picked up Noah Bauman from Georgia who has three years as an NCAA division one player over 40% from three-point land um, and 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 one extra year where he was with USC where he was 35% yeah I mean dude th- this guy he's not shooting very well for what we picked him up to do regardless um scrambling yeah, we beat the brakes off of him man yep yeah um part of and part of what it is too i think we've always like in in the years that we previously had done this podcast and in our years as students there what we had seen is the lopes have had a really hard time on the glass but usually like there would just be games where they would just scrap and they would shoot the lights out and like then they would just win because they would shoot like crazy um but when they'd lose it because it'd be because they would just get absolutely dominated on the boards. We're not seeing that this year, which is something I think big to focus on that, uh, that is like a big improvement. Nevada, we lost by 11 in that game. We actually out rebounded Nevada. I remember watching us play Nevada every year previously and getting smoked on the boards, uh, which state out rebounded us only by four. Um, today we had a close game against Northern Iowa and we out-rebounded them by 16 in a game that we won by two. So we actually dominated them on the boards in a close game. Uh, which is shocking, which is shocking because we're yeah. not big. No. You know? Um, yeah. yeah, no, you're right, though. We traditionally have been very poor on on rebounding. Um, I will say this. Defensively, however, the Lopes have been, even with the loss against Wichita State, the Lopes have been pretty stout. Um we're we're still looking at a game where we only gave up 55 points to a team from the American. Is that where Wichita state's from? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the American is a really solid conference. Oh dude, you signed me out of Ken Palm. Me? Oh my bad. Yeah, no, it's okay. No. Um, Wichita state though. Um, obviously they got a lot of history. Did they, they made it to the final four back in like 2012, right? Um, that was the year that they beat Gonzaga. There was a year that they were the one, one number one overall seed, right? And then lost in the Sweet 16 or something. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't recall. I'm just salty about them beating Gonzaga. Yeah, they've been good. They've traditionally had some really good teams. Um, 
they're they're always a, a good team. The Americans a conference that every year just seems to be getting better too. Like they might be better than the they're a really solid mid-major, and I don't even think they're actually on the mid-major top 25 because yeah. of how... Houston's, uh, according, and I know the sentence that I'm about to say is going to pain some of you because it's way too early for this. According to the last bracketology, uh, Houston is actually the number one overall seed in the country. That's reasonable, honestly. Yeah, they're nuts. I mean, I haven't watched any of Houston, but you know the other teams that are in that you know top five to 10 area haven't been anything remarkable as of right now. Texas looks really good. I haven't seen any of Carolina. They are number one, correct? Nice. Yeah. They look really nice. They played uh, on, I watched them play on Sunday. I want to say they played like they played a, one of those teams. that's like usually a really good mid major. And I remember thinking like it was a 12 and a half point spread. And I was like, Oh, this good mid major should cover. And North Carolina just like killed them. Yeah, uh, I don't know who that was, but they they look they've pretty much looked solid. I think according to rankings, they're the number one team in the country, and it that does not surprise me. It looks like it. Well, and they have a lot of experience. They have a lot of guys returning from last year that they ex- like. A lot of people expected had w- would have gone to uh, declare for the draft, but um, they're just oh. returning a lot of experience. Yeah, it was uh, James Madison who was four zero at the time, and they they were like a team bordering top 25 last year and North Carolina beat him by 16 on Sunday. Gotcha. So they, the Dukes, they, huh? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, um, more on Wichita state though. I mean, I, I wasn't able to watch a lot of this game obviously during the work day. Um, so I teach PE at Helena Christian. It's part of my athletic director duties. And, uh, we've been having some trouble with our buses recently. <laughs> um, so I wasn't able to go where we typically go for PE and we don't have a gym. So, my backup was to watch the GCU versus Wichita state game in PE nice. with the kids, yeah. you know, give, well, give them a little taste, a little recruiting, you know, for, for GCU. However, that, I mean, when I tuned in, Wichita state was playing two, three zone on defense. They had GCU shooting from the cheap seats and we just had really no answers because aside from shooting threes, we were trying to dribble through a zone and, I'm sorry, we just don't have the the facilities for that, you know. Our our, our best ball handler is how tall is Javon? Uh, not very. Not very exactly. Um, I don't know. we we really struggled against Wichita State, and that that could be a testament to how decent five eleven how how really sorry five eleven five eleven <laughs> yeah. But I mean, however, that, that that might be a testament to how decent Wichita State is on the defensive end of the floor. Um. That doesn't make it acceptable that we shot twenty-one or twenty-seven percent from the field. Yeah, twenty-seven percent from the field. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Um, the only so uh, the only game that I really got to watch closely was actually uh, the game I went to, which was the first game against Montana State, and this is what I what I saw in that game, which I, I can extrapolate from the first half of that game uh, and the second half, which is I witnessed two different basketball teams play in the first half and the second half. The team we saw in the second half of Montana state is the team that beat the breaks off grambling. And the team yeah. we saw yeah. in the first half of Montana state is the team that we got in the second half of the Nevada game and in the Wichita state game, Well, which is he- like, yeah, go ahead. 
here's where I, I have a slight disagreement with you there. The the first half of the Cats game or the uh, the Bozeman game was, mm-hmm. like I said in the last podcast, we were just missing shots that we're typically making. You know, getting to the getting to the rim and just not really finishing. That was the main issue. I thought we got good looks in that first half and 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 things weren't falling for us. And and then in the, the second half, things started falling. Against Wichita State, granted, I watched probably 15 minutes of the 40-minute game. Mm-hmm. I I didn't I don't think I saw us take one or get one good look. Yeah. And, and this could be, you know the critic coming out in me. Um, I'm massively disappointed. I really am. So. Yeah. 17% from three point. Not great. Not great at all. We're talking, we're talking four for 23. Yeah. Four for 23. And for for a team, and I know you're a, you're a mid range master, but for no, a team no, no, that's no, going to no. shoot, I, I've 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 moved past that ridiculous oh, philosophy. It's he's okay. Gone. He's gone the way of Steph Curry and just no jacking. no. I've gone the way of how basketball is supposed to be played. Fair. Um, if we're going to shoot upwards of twenty threes every single game, we cannot shoot at a clip below thirty percent and expect to win games. No matter how great our rebounding is, no matter how great our defense is, if our game plan is to shoot more than twenty threes. We have to sometimes make them. Well, and it's, I don't think it is. The thing is, I don't know how long or how much of the game Wichita State was in that 2-3. I did see him play a little bit of man. Um, you're typically going to fall into, if you're not disciplined enough and you're not patient enough against the 2-3 zone, you're going to find yourself shooting a lot more threes than you typically would. I think back to um, last year when I was at Cicero, assistant for the varsity team, um, we had... Our, our entire starting lineup was primarily juniors and, and a sophomore. Um, they had a junior retreat in the middle of our midseason skid where I think we lost seven out of nine or something like that. It was, it was a rough stretch. Um, we had a junior retreat. So none of our juniors were available for a conference game. We had one senior, a couple of sophomores, and some freshmen available for this game. Thankfully, we were playing against literally the worst team in the state of Arizona. S- superior. Really? <laughs> they're, the, they're like the worst? There's, well, I, there were probably like three teams ranked below them in 1A, but they were, they were not good at all. Um, but they ran a 2-3 zone against us, and we, all of our juniors were gone. We had one or two starters that were available, and I wish I had my my stat book with me, but we took, I think, like 40-some threes against them, like 43 three-pointers, I'm pretty sure. It was an agonizing experience as a coach. Um, Thankfully, GCU is only shooting 23, not 43, but... When you're when you're facing that that two three zone well zones in general, if you're not disciplined, if you're not patient, if you're not moving the ball, if you're not moving the defense, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're probably going to run out of shot clock time and you're going to be throwing up a three. Yeah, and and part of it could be too, 
and uh, not to attribute too much to the coaches of the other teams. Uh, if you know you're playing a team that isn't shoot going to shoot very well, you can run that two, three, just to force it. Uh, Glendale prep last year actually did that. So in the first round of the two, a state playoffs, we had the play in game. We hosted Benson, who is a, a decent team. We were, we were a little better. We were a little higher seated. So we were hosting and uh, we, we were playing man. And I think we were down like six or seven at the half. And they were just beating us by just getting layups. And, and in the second half, we switched to a two, three zone with the purpose of like, these guys are just getting layups. And if they can, they're going to have to shoot actual shots. And if they beat us, then they beat us. And they didn't, they shot like they shot a million threes. Cause that's the shot we gave them. And they shot like 20% and we ended up like running them out and winning by double digits. But, but I guess it could be that too of like, teams are just going to kind of dare us to beat them from three. And if we're going to, we need to either, I guess one of two things need to happen. We need to get better at shooting threes or we need to not be complacent to just take them because it's what the defense gives us. I, I honestly think that we're just, unless our shots start dropping from, from uh, downtown, I honestly think we're in real trouble against any team who, for some reason decides to run a two, three against us. You don't see it a lot in college basketball, but, I, th- I actually worry because the Lopes are primarily a win at the rim kind of team, at least from, from what I've seen and traditionally. And if we, if we can't shoot, which we've never been a great shooting team, especially since uh, Mr. GCU from back when you and I started going to school, Mr. Josh Braun graduated yeah. GCU hasn't been incredible from, from the perimeter. The whole three point conversation makes me, think of a podcast I listened to. Do you, do you know who uh, Jordan Sperber is? No. Hoop Vision 68. Okay. Do, do you not familiar with Hoop Vision? No. So Hoop Vision is this uh, YouTube channel. This guy, his name is Jordan Sperber. He breaks down a whole bunch of college basketball stuff. Really awesome. He has this podcast called, um, trying to think of what it's called, Solving Basketball. Really mm-hmm. awesome. He actually was on staff as I think he was an analytics guy at New Mexico State while we were at GCU. But anyways, he's doing this whole video and and podcast thing full time now. I listened to an episode of his podcast where he was talking to. I can't remember the guy's name, head coach at LSU. And LSU has been pretty remarkable defensively in the past few seasons. And, and, And the coach was talking about how all of their analytics, analytics guys, all of their people who were, you know, kind of just giving them um, little tidbits on stats and analytics. They were saying that LSU was given up too many threes. They were allowing other teams to take too many threes. And he just kind of said, well, to heck with you guys, I'm going to analyze the threes that we take myself. And so he went back and he looked and he said, it wasn't a matter of how many threes they were giving up it was a matter of how many good threes they were giving up. And he said, we're fine with, you know, the other team dribbling down, making one pass and then shooting a three because that's not a three in rhythm. And typically that's, that's not the kind of high percentage shot that you look for. Now the threes that you don't want to give up are the ones where, you know, you penetrate the paint and you get a kick out or yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I think any team that wants to beat GCU, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it quietly so that nobody can hear us. 
Anything that wants any team that wants to beat GCU, just run a two three zone. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It, because we're we're just not incredible shooting. Yeah, I think that's right. I I am interested to just see how we do, and, and you know, GCU has certainly been a team that's known to struggle in the non-conference. Um, I, one of the things that I always like to do is I, I play this little game with myself that very quickly ends in every season, which is like, what do we have to do to be an at-large team? I don't know if you like think about that. Do you ever, do you ever have this, that thought of like, this is, this is Zach on point. What, yep. what do we have to do? Two bit Hey, in the notes I sent you for this episode, I added, um, two bid whack question mark. And then other mid majors that are, I think are going to get two bids. So if we have like extra time, but yeah, I definitely am always on board for two bid whack. Um, I think two bid whack is already for, for the Lopes, two bid whack is gone. Lopes will not be getting a bid that is not the auto bid. Um, but so then my question is Zach, yeah. what team would be the two bid if they were not to win Dude, the no question? Sam Houston eight. That's Sam what I'm Houston saying. State. And honestly, the Bearcats. Honestly, maybe even Tarleton. You Have gotta you slow. I, I I know how I know how high you are on tar, Tarleton right now. They I would just I just want to advise you slow down with Tarleton. Aren't they in their probation probationary period? Oh, didn't they move they? up from Division Two? You might be right. You might be right. So so, I mean, unless the NCAA makes a good decision and lets teams that have moved up from the is Division Two. Is Cal Baptist done with that? Are they like, can they be in terms oh, yeah. now? Oh yeah. 100%. Um, Tarleton lost to ASU by three. Went to the Paradise Jam Tournament. Beat Belmont by eight, who's usually a pretty good team. Dude, the beat PGT? Boston. They're playing mm-hmm. at the PGT? Or the, yeah. wow, I, I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah. PJT? <laughs> yeah, PJT. And then in the second round, they played Boston College and beat them by 16. Went to the final where they played Drake. Who I don't know if you're like paying attention to the Missouri Valley or Drake. Drake's kind of can't say I am. So Drake is currently five and zero. Oh. They're projected to win the Missouri Valley. They're they're a team that has certainly has at large hopes. Uh, they beat Tarleton by seven in the final of Paradise Jam today. Who is in the Missouri Valley? It's um, not the same pretty, as Missouri Valley football. No, it's a pretty good conference now. So you have Drake. Uh, you have Belmont is in there now. Okay. Uh, Murray State, those are kind of the, the big three. Like teams are usually good. Northern Iowa, who GCU just played, sometimes mm-hmm. is good. Uh, maybe not this year. Valpo, it's a good conference sometimes. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, like I said, slow down on Tarleton. I honestly don't think that they are a. I don't think they're eligible for for tournament play. Right. However, you- Sam Houston State, though. I'm I'm with you on that. I honestly, if I were to do a power rankings, which I'm not, I would say Sam Houston State is probably off of performances so far, the team to beat in the whack. Yeah. Um, they're still not ranked ahead of GCU, I don't believe, in Ken Palm. They are now. Oh, they are 99. Yeah. Of, okay. He's 102. So as as they should be. Yeah. I, I guess like realistically, when looking at it, do I think Sam Houston is going to be the best team in the whack? Probably not. Do I think Sam Houston is going to win the WAC? Probably not. They Why do you deserve- say that? Um, I just I don't know. The WAC is just the WAC, the WAC is hard. I think I think it's a year that there's going to be a lot of parity. I think I think it's very likely that we will see a conference champion that doesn't finish first. And I I don't see any team 
just doing what New Mexico State of old would do, which is just like go 16 and 0 and then win every game. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Um, I can see I can see them having struggles. Um I guess they haven't really shown me any reason to believe that so far. Um they do have a game at the end of the month in Nevada, which is kind of circled on my calendar because GCU played Nevada and and uh we were we were right there with them for about 30 minutes. Um so I'm interested to see how that goes, but yeah. They, they won the they won the first we, no dude did you we, we I did not watch game. it I know 30 minutes it, it's we not 40 game. it's not 40 right and you know what I, if I recall uh I think we actually have done that before against Nevada where like it's it's a tight we, we we get up on them early we're up a couple at half we're like down two with 10 minutes left and then we lose by 14 and it's like how did this happen circa 2018 Yep. At Talking was, Stick Resort. Yep. We went to that game and yep. it was, it reminded me a lot of that game. Where we like, were up 11, 11 0 in that game. Do you recall yeah. that? I do. And I recall like 50 year old Nevada fans were like heckling us. And it was the worst thing in my life because we blew that game. <laughs> um, back to Sam Houston. They, they beat Oklahoma by one in Oklahoma on the first day. And that's one of those things where like Texas Southern beat ASU, Grambling beat Colorado, like whatever. Like maybe it's just a fluke. Okay, they beat a team whose name I can't even pronounce by a million. Um, then they go into Utah in the Fort Myers tip-off, and they beat Utah by ten. And Utah is a pretty decent team. I know, I know, I know what we said about the Pac-12 and that they're like kind the of conference garbage. of champion, conference yeah. of champions. Utah, this is now two wins against I think at the time top sixty Ken Palm teams, both on the road. Um, which, what are those Q Q both two Q two wins, um, yeah, and then they they played Northern Illinois today and beat them by thirty four, so they're five and zero, oh, with two wins over top sixty Ken Palm teams. Uh, I don't know that they'll sustain that. I guess we'll have to see. Well, um, I mean, look ahead. They have Nevada. Yep. They have and Nevada's moved up actually. They're ninety three in Ken Palm. Oklahoma State forty in Ken Palm. Yep. They also have a really solid. Missouri State on schedule, and then conference play. Whack, yeah, whack play. I'm looking at their um, their efficiency ratings on Ken Palm right now. Sam Houston State. This team is incredible defensively. I, I really can't put any other words to it. They're 90th in effective field goal percentage defensively. They are seventh in the nation in turnovers defensively. 21st in offensive rebounds. So they're not giving up a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, Three-point percentage on defense, 37th in the nation. Free throw percentage, 32nd in the nation. Steal percentage, 12th in the nation. Non-steal turnovers, 24th in the... Like, this is this is unbelievable. Yeah. We're um, gonna have to pay close attention yeah, to these guys because this is—they're—they're they're pretty. They're pretty average offensively. They're not bad. They're not GCU, but defensively, they—they they really are shining. There and and this comparison might be a little crazy, and I'm not gonna suggest that they're this level. But the style of basketball they play is similar to that of Houston. And that obviously, I don't think they're nearly at the level of Houston. But Houston used to always be known for like. They're just going to make your life miserable on defense. Yeah. They're going to scrap for loose balls and uh, they're going to wear you down and get layups, but they're not going to shoot very well. They're not going to shoot deep shots. They're not going to do anything crazy. They're just going to lock you down. 
they're going to dive for loose balls and they're going to run you run and gun in transition. And, and they made it to the final four doing that. Yep. 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 And they're, they're the number one, they're, I think third in the country. And according to the last bracketology, number one team in the country. So is that Joe Lenardi? Model. Is yeah. that the Joe? Okay. I was according, just to, to make sure. according to, according to like AP top 25, they're third, I think. But according to Lenardi, they're first. Um, looking at our boy Whack Hoops Digest, um, I, I pulled up the preseason Whack rankings because I thought, QCM Houston's like, they've been okay. I don't remember them being good, but I want to say like, if they went out and got some crazy players and were supposed to be really good, I feel like I would have heard about it. And I don't think that's the case. They were in the preseason power rankings, fifth behind, um, behind NMSU, GCU, Stephen F. Austin, Cal Baptist, and then they're fifth. So, which, which is good. I mean, that's still a good conference. They're above Utah Valley. Who's kind of a mess right now. And like Abilene Christian, um, but, you know, they were projected fifth. I don't think anyone expected them to beat Oklahoma or Utah. So the fact that they've done both is, is pretty impressive. We'll definitely, they're definitely a team to keep an eye on um, as far as two-bid whack goes. I think if there's, if, there's a team, if there's a team in at-large position, even right now, I would say it's, they're still not there. But they kind of have. The, they have I mean, it laid out for them. If they take care of business, yeah. they have it laid out I was going to say them. the hardest part of their non-conference is behind them. They they're a team that certainly could go undefeated going into conference play. Uh, Oklahoma State's going to be a tall task. That's going to be a massive game. Who did they lose to that was bad? I remember watching them lose to someone bad, like last OSU. Week. Is that who? Yeah, Oklahoma State. They're three and two. They lost to somebody not good. They lost to Southern Illinois by one. Oof. Um, okay. Who incident? Oh no, that's Northern Illinois. I thought that was a team that Sam used. Yeah, no, no. They lost to Southern Illinois, who's okay, but th- that was the Salukis, watched, right? Is that who they are? Yeah. I watched a little bit of that game. It was tough. They also lost a whole. They lost to Central Florida in overtime, and they're fine. They beat UT Arlington by eleven, but I don't think Arlington's very good. Um, no, they, they, they haven't been very good. impressive to me. Okay. So far. Yeah. But, okay. But yeah, watch out for Sam Houston. I, I John, I heard John Mark say that on the podcast that that's the kind of wacky game he's circling for the Lopes, and I think. I think I'm I'm with him. They're they're definitely must see TV for me right now. They're a team that I enjoy watching. We're all on the same page there. Um, yeah. Really quick, let's cover today's game against Northern Iowa. Um, I only was able to watch basically the tail end of this game when uh, McLaughlin was shooting free throws and he missed the the back end. And you know, I got to watch. Yeah, I got to watch about the first twelve minutes and watch us go up sixteen to two. Uh, I, I have prep until 10 and the game started at nine 30 for some reason. So I got You're to telling watch. me we were up 16 to two in this game. Oh yeah. We ran it out so fast early in this game. It was the craziest thing ever. We just, we just ran away with it. They scored two zero. We scored, uh, we scored 16 unanswered. I will say this 67 against a one and three UNI squad. UNI shot 46% from the field. I'm going to just keep it real with you. UNI is a good team. You think so? Their losses are in Richmond, in San Francisco by six, and now us. Did Richmond? So, Richmond didn't make the tournament last year, but they were really solid. They actually made a run in the what? What conference is Richmond in? They're in the uh, they're in the A ten. Okay, so they're in the Atlantic Ten. They actually made a run in the Atlantic Ten tournament last year, if I recall correctly, and they were actually pretty scary. But yeah, I don't know what they're like this year, but okay. So you said Northern Iowa lost to them in Richmond. Yeah. And then they also lost in, uh, 
They lost in the Hall of Fame this tournament, the first day of the tournament, they lost to San Francisco by six. Okay. And San Francisco and, I mean, is 87th in Ken Palm. Dude, so, yeah, but they're they're also six and oh, and honestly, kind of scary. They won in Fresno State. They they beat they they won against Wichita State today in the championship. So they won the tournament. They're six and oh. Uh they have a game at Davidson coming up. They have a game that I'm actually gonna go to against Arizona State coming up. Okay. So they're a team, they're a team that I think actually is really good and like is a sneaky team that might actually get an at large. So I, I think they're nuts. So you're telling me Northern Iowa is going to be a quality team this year. I think they'll be, I think they're not like they're right now. I think one and one and three, I think they're better than that. I think they will be a top half of the Missouri Valley conference. They'll be, they, a uh, they protect the ball really well. I'll say that they don't look like they're anything special when it comes to scoring, but um, they protect the ball really well. They're actually 12th in the nation in offensive turnover percent percentage. Um, 77th in blocking like block percentage steel 76 non-steel turnovers they're sixth in the nation so they're protecting the ball really well which is you know kind of a testament to what they did today they only had six turnovers against gcu and hey look GCU only had nine turnovers today that's awesome um so yeah they take care of the ball which actually if you value value possessions you're gonna have a lot better time scoring obviously so you know 67 i guess isn't super concerning for us when it comes to our defensive um i guess defensive look at this game but still 46 percent from the field that's and and 41 from three yeah Ufta. i want to i want to point something out and without in any way attributing this to anything other than like hey this is pretty cool um do you okay. know that McLaughlin had 18 rebounds tonight? What a stud, dude. He's, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that insane? Like He's my I favorite really, on the team. I don't you know, know why. Me too. I think it's because he – is he the last guy from our tournament team? Is he the only guy on the roster now who was on our NCAA tournament team? Blackshire. Two years ago? Blackshire was on that team? Yeah. Dude, he's nice. I mean, he's he's great. When he's I think nice of, with it. When I he's got that dog in him. When I think of Gabe McLaughlin, I do not think of a guy who's going to get me 18 rebounds. And I don't know if like if if Northern Iowa's just raising a bunch of sissies, which I don't think is the case. Whoa, man, yeah, I don't think that's the case. Uh, McLaughlin's a monster for getting 18 rebounds, and I don't know if that's like something that the coaching staff is doing. I don't know if he's just like expanded something in his game that like allows him to position himself really well because he's not a super big guy, but. I'm really impressed by that. And if he, yeah, he's six, seven, which is like fine. It's not, you wouldn't think it's of a six, seven guy getting you 18 rebounds. Um, I, if that's something that he can, obviously 18 is kind of crazy, but if he can consistently be a double, double points and rebounds kind of guy, um, that can be like really huge for, for us. 100%. Speaking of stats, I feel really bad that we didn't bring this up when it came to the uh, grambling game. We did not talk about Rayshon Harrison. Oh, this yeah. guy, oh my goodness, 19 yeah. minutes, 25 points on 9 of 11 from the field and 5 of 6 from three-pointer. Buddy missed three shots all game. Yeah. He That's, holy cow. Was, he was on one. It, yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing to note, since the Grambling game and, and, uh, and onward, our lineup changed a little bit. So... Initially, Noah Bauman was on the starting five. Josh Baker has moved into that. Um, yeah. 
into that spot where where Noah Bauman was, and he's been playing in that starting spot since. Um, however, today, well, I I guess against Wichita State, Noah Bauman had um, really quickly twenty one minutes to Josh Baker's twenty four, so they're splitting time pretty evenly. It's worse today. Oh yeah, I know. And, and looking at this. We got uh, Bauman with seven minutes today and Baker with 31. Also, Chance McMillan, 33 minutes off the bench. Yeah, 16 po- high score for the team off the bench. Well, and and also he, um, I don't think he had a ton of minutes. I shouldn't say a ton of minutes. I don't think he was really high in minutes, at least not in the 30s, probably not even the high 20s against Wichita State. But um, he played well today. He was six to, yeah. six for eleven from the field, uh, three for five from three, um, and like you said, he was the high scorer for the team, sixteen points. But I also like to see that that GCU we had five guys in double digits today. Yeah, yeah. spreading the wealth really well. Yep. Um, let's see here, Gabe highest in minutes, thirty four, um, and I mean it, it goes back to what you were saying. He's a dog on the glass. Yeah, you can't, you can't take him out of the game. No. So I think if you're correct, and Northern Iowa is a pretty decent squad, I'll take a win. Um, I would have loved to have win yesterday, but I know it's just uh, it's just the way things kind of pan out. Yeah, I think with this Lopes team, and then maybe this is just like the sad reality is, I. I don't think that like we should scoff at this two point win against Northern Iowa. I think they're fine. I think the thing about the Lopes is they just look, they just look fine. Like they're not a team that makes me think like this team is awesome. I think like they're going to be good, but not great. And maybe that's the truth, but I don't see this. Like, I don't know. I guess like, what is the ceiling for this Lopes team? I don't know. I'm afraid that it's not as high as I would have hoped for a team that was projected to win the conference. Yeah, I, I'm I'm 100% with you there. I've been, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, how's GCU going to be this year? How's GCU looking? And, and honestly, they just look like a run-of-the-mill basketball team. Yeah. They, they, they're, they're not doing anything special. They're looking okay defensively. Um, I shouldn't say okay. They're looking very decent defensively. Yeah. Um, but we got teams like, we got North Texas and Wyoming coming up on the, non-conference schedule Wyoming's good they're really good that yeah they're for some reason North Texas is 77th in Ken Palm to the mean green man the mean green they beat Fresno State we actually have four of our next four of our next five games are crazy I think like dude Alcorn State bro they are they're the one that I think is not crazy um dang I was going I'm kidding (laughs) Um, I think that, and yeah, I mean, even they have, I mean, they're two and one. I don't, I haven't looked at like who that's against, but dude, they're in the swacker, the MIAC as well. Oh, dude, Alcorn. Okay. never mind. All five of these games are crazy. You know, Alcorn is two and one. They lost to Ole Miss. They won in Wichita state and they won in Stephen F. Austin. <laughs> dude. I, I, all right. Here's what I'm going to say. This is, this is me. Game. This is me actually shaking in my boots right now. Yeah. Here's the deal. Pepperdine <laughs> is pretty good there. Yeah. We're, we're playing. This is a perfect schedule for the Lopes. I love that the Lopes have scheduled these games because one of the things that I was frustrated about in the Marley years is like we would go 13 and two in the non-conference because we would like play number one Duke 
And like we play like two top five teams and then a bunch of like Ken Palm 300 teams and be 13 and two. And I would never have any idea how good our team is because it was just like, yeah, we're going to lose to Duke and then beat the beat the piss out of the swag. So it's like, how are we going to do? How are we going to do now that we're playing five teams in a row that are like 80 to 110 in Ken Palm? Those like good, but not great teams. We got five of those in a row. So if well, we hold on, can- hold on, hold on. Alcorn State is not highly ranked, but the fact that they beat Wichita State in Wichita is big. I, yeah. I, I'm i totally with you there. But also remember, Grambling State did beat Colorado. True. Grambling beat Colorado, but they they also they won in Wichita and in Stephen F. Austin and their losses to Old Miss. So it's in Old Miss. So yeah, okay. They're, they're fine. They're Normally, I don't think of them as a team that's super great, Um, but... I think that, yeah, like Pepperdine, Al- I guess what I'm saying is Pepperdine, Alcorn State, Wyoming, LS- LMU, uh, who's also good, and North Texas are five games that the Lopes could, we could win all five, we could lose all five, we'll probably do something in between, um, but I think it, it will actually be telling of who this team is, because I honestly think it's five teams relatively around where GCU is, or where I think GCU is, and I think if we show out and we just win five in a row, I'm going to say, okay, the, the, the t- top of the season was a fluke and we should be whack favorites. And if we go like one and four, then I, I'm going to say, yeah, I don't know that this team beats Sam Houston, who's winning big games. I don't know that this team beats uh, Tarleton, who's winning big games, competing in big games, right? I, we'll have to see. But uh, <clears throat> so I guess I don't really have much analysis other than I think we're playing teams that we're evenly matched with. And I think we have a long, hard stretch of that leading into conference play. And I'm excited to see how, how we do. So of the next five, which, which game are you circling? Um, you can't, you can't pick five. Okay. I am, I am choosing, <clears throat> I'm choosing Loyola Marymount and home because I, I think when looking at it, I think you have the, the North Texas Colangelo classic game. North Texas is, is fine. Wyoming in Wyoming. I really just look, I really just think of all the five games. That's the one I don't expect us to win. We'll see. Maybe we will. Uh, Pepperdine and Alcorn State at home are two games that I I think we're more inclined to win. I feel like Loyola Marymount at home is the middle ground of like that to me is the most toss up game because I think it's the second hardest team of the five, but we're playing them at home. Uh, And so for that reason, I think it will be like the truest challenge of where our team is. Um, because I think they're a team that's a lot like us. They, they, they beat up on a lot of bad teams. They, they beat Georgetown, who's kind of terrible this year, but they lost pretty badly to UC Irvine, who's like normally like a pretty good mid-major team. So to me, like Loyola Marymount looks a lot like GCU. Uh, and that's at home on December 7th. And I think that will be telling of, of, of who we are. So, so you're, you're looking at that LMU game and you're treating it like a data point, right? Mm-hmm. Likewise, I'm going to say this. GCU has not... Well, I shouldn't say has not. They have one win outside of GCU Arena this year. Um, six tries. Or I guess three tries. Six games total. Um, and th- and that's a two-point win against Northern Iowa. You know, th- threw the bag against Nevada. Didn't show out very well offensively against Wichita State. Northern Iowa evidently had a 16-2 to lead. And nearly decided to fumble the bag that game too. I'm really intrigued about the Wyoming game. Not so much as uh, the North Texas game, because even though that is a neutral site, it's in, it's in footprint center. 
Mm-hmm. It's basically a home game. The Wyoming game is on the road, and we talked about this last week on the pod. GCU is traditionally very mediocre to poor on the road, um, and, and we really, we could really use a road win against a top one hundred Ken Palm team. Yep. So out of out of the five that I really, the one that I really want to see us win is that Wyoming game, and I think if we were able to beat Wyoming on the road. I don't see us having a problem against Pepperdine, Alcorn, Loyola, Marymount, North Texas, all in Phoenix. Yeah. Is that fair? I think that's really fair. I guess maybe what I was thinking is uh, I just think that, and you know, I think you, you said this too. I think that's our hardest game of the five. I think that's evidenced by Wyoming is kind of good. Their team that were they, they were a bubble team last year. I don't think they made the tournament. But they, they did. Were, they did. They played Indiana huh? in the playing game. Were they an at-large or did they win the they, they would have been an at-large. I don't think they won the Mountain West. Yeah. So they're a good team um, and we're playing them on the road. You're, you're exactly right. We, we struggle on the road. I, I think, I think what it is, and, and maybe you have different thoughts here. I just think we're more consistent at home. I think we play home. I know what I'm going to get. When we play on the road, I have no idea what I'm going to get. And, that, and that's where I say GCU is a run of the mill basketball program because yeah. Most most teams in in college basketball are fairly decent at home and go probably 500 to losing record on the road. And when it comes down to it, teams that make runs in the tournament, teams that you know maybe are probably tournament favorites, are the teams that are dominant every single game they play, home, away, neutral, doesn't matter. And I'm not, I'm not asking GCU to be dominant like that. What I'm saying is winning against Wyoming on the road would be really awesome. That, that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. It would be a big confidence boost that we need. And I, I think to your point, it could even be the same of like, let's say we, we do end up beating Pepperdine and Alcorn. And let's say we beat LMU in North Texas. And then Wyoming beats us by 25 in Wyoming. At the end of that, I don't know that I would feel any different than I do now. I think I would still feel yep. like, yeah, we held, we held at home against mediocre teams like us. And then we had an actual challenge on the road. We got blown out. So I think that's right. Um, it's just, it's hard. It's a hard stretch. I, I like what we've scheduled for ourselves. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see um, just to see the team play. Well, I'm, I'm excited for this Pepperdine game on Saturday. Uh, just given that it's a Saturday, uh, I know I'm on break. I'm sure you are for Thanksgiving. I'll actually get to watch it, which is encouraging. Um, so yeah, so games that aren't at 9:30 on on Tuesday uh, is nice because Un- unbelievable. See. Yeah, um, which is which is fine. So I I'm excited to actually watch a little more GCU than I currently have. Think think of this though, the Pepperdine game. You're probably looking at I I don't know if sparse is is as far as I would go, but not the normal Havocs crowd. We're looking yeah. at Thanksgiving break here for GCU. There will still be students on campus. There will still be students that go to the game. Um, y- you'd like to have a full a full house against Pepperdine. Yeah, you're not going to get it. Um, right. Does that play a factor? Who knows? Hey. What are your thoughts? Pepperdine, and for what it's worth, um, well, oh, is this tomorrow? Pepperdine uh, is four and zero at home this year. So, and 0-1 and on the road. They beat UC Irvine at home, which is a pretty big win. But their only road game, they lost to Fullerton, who's, like, not super great. So, they might have a similar thing where, like, maybe they're just not super great on the road. They are playing tomorrow in UCLA, who 
I know we we've said a lot of things about the Pac-12. I actually do think UCLA is pretty good. Solid. They're 17 point favorites. And so I I'd be interested to see. I don't think Pepperdine will win that game. I think if Pepperdine does win that game, one, that's crazy. And two, I'm scared. Um, but I, I want to see if Pepperdine will will give them a game. Um, because yeah, they played one road game and they lost to a not so great Fullerton team, but they have a nice win against Irvine at home. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's the world is their oyster right now. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that really covers what we have to say about GCU right now. Yeah. Let's, um, let's chat a little bit about around the conference. So you've mentioned Tarleton. We've talked about, um, Sam Houston state, what else is going on around the whack? Oh, so I think what we've spent time on right now is obviously GCU because that's the the team we're focusing on and the teams that we're high on, which is like Tarleton. What Tarleton and Sam Houston have been able to do is really impressive. I think it's good for the conference anytime um, any. And this is like always been true uh, in the non-conference. I'm cheering for the whack. I want every whack team to win non-conference games because it makes the conference stronger. I'm with you, except for New Mexico State. They can lose every single game. Well, they might not be playing very many games, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm sorry, Connor's giggling. Um, anyways, uh, the team that I we we've done the teams that we're high on. This is a team that I am low on, and that is Utah Valley. Not because I think they're bad, but because I think they're a lot worse than I thought they would be. Okay, I don't know how you feel about that. So, so, so they they've lost to Morgan State. Also yeah, a Mac or sweet or sorry, SWAC or MEAC team. M-E-A-C, yeah. Yeah. 282 so they, in Kempom. They, they started the season losing to Utah state by 17. Utah state's usually a pretty good team. So that, that I can forgive. Top 50. Um, they beat Northern Arizona by four at home. Northern Arizona is terrible. Really bad. Really bad. They, they actually. 246. Lost, uh, I will not to brag, but they did play UTRGV today in UTRGV and they were actually three and a half point favorites. And I thought no shot. And so I bet UTRGV money line and, and UTRGV won. Um, so UTRGV can beat this team. They beat NAU by four at home, which is not great. They lost in Wake Forest. It was by three in overtime to a Wake Forest team. That isn't sure. super bad. All the Wake Forest lost to Loyola Marymount for what it's worth. Um, and then they lose in more uh, the, in the Jamaica classic. They lost to Morgan State by one in overtime in a tournament. Morgan State is not a good team. That's not very good. And then they beat Green Bay by 23. Green Bay might be the they're 0 and 5. They might be the worst team. 3 5 7. Yeah. 357th they're, they're, in the nation. We're talking like very close to the bottom of the barrel. So they won that game. They beat Western Colorado, who's a D2, and they beat NAU by four. Those are their wins this year. That's not great. They got blown out by Utah State. They lost in Wake Forest. They lost to Morgan State. Their next game's in Boise. I, I, I don't feel great about that one. I I was thinking that Utah Valley would be an above-average team in the WAC. Right now, they are 10th out of 13, and they don't look very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. fair. I um, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to Utah Valley. Um, but a loss to Morgan State, that's... Not great. That Yeah, that's embarrassing. If we lost to Morgan State, I'd throw in the towel. I'd say we're done with the pod for the year. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you never know. Uh, Utah Valley's still ranked 145 in Ken Palm, e- yeah. even after those losses. 
Um, who else we got though? Um, there's there's some other interesting teams. Uh, I think we're both right now just to address it. We're both kind of dancing around New Mexico State, given the situation occurring. I think we'll devote time at some point to to talk about that. But are we okay with kind of just dancing around the Aggies until we're ready to dive into that? But no, let's let's talk about it right now. Okay, let's so New it. Mexico State. Um, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot of non-basketball related things going on to New Mexico State. They they did lose in UTEP, which is which is a game that I would have hoped they would have won. But I think that everyone also a, a bitter rival of theirs, right? A, a bitter they, rival. They do they do have rivals in case you were yeah. wondering, and they are UTEP and they are New Mexico. Um, yeah. Many of you by now perhaps know, and if you don't, I guess we'll explain. New Mexico State on, oh, what day was this? Was this uh, November 19th, so Saturday? On Saturday night, they were supposed to play New Mexico in Albuquerque, which is where the University of New Mexico is. So they, something, and maybe you can fill in the details better here, but there was an incident uh, the night before the game where uh, there was a shooting involving a New Mexico state player and students from the university of New Mexico. Um, A lot of the details are even now still kind of unclear. What we know is this looks not great for both New Mexico state as a program and the university of New Mexico as a university. Um, That game has been postponed. um, Probably canceled actually canceled right they're not going to be making it up and what i know is there is a a press conference i think tomorrow where where they'll give more information it sounds like about what's what the future of their basketball program is i know there have been rumors that they might cancel the season um so so new mexico state given that situation that we want to be sensitive to uh their program's kind of shrouded in mystery and the the actual basketball aspect of that is kind of on the back burner right now yeah well well said zach well said thank you um you you read a lot i can tell i'm an english teacher you know me <laughs> um i'll kind of dive into the details a little bit um we have a situation where this basketball player for new mexico state mike peak um after this altercation ended up with a gunshot wound and a new mexico University of New Mexico student um, dead on the scene. Um, everything prior to what I've learned today was all foggy, like you said, very mysterious as to what happened. Bunch of rumors that were flying around. Um, apparently, Mike Peak, the basketball player for New Mexico State, was in a fight at a football game a few weeks ago with New Mexico students and fans. Um, Rumor number one. Rumor number two is that he snuck out of the team hotel um, on, I I believe, Friday night to see a girl who likely catfished him and lured him out as an opportunity to offer retribution for their for the fight that happened at the New Mexico football game. It is. I do want to jump in. It is worth noting that that is the phrasing used by the police who are investigating the situation that he was lured out to go to New Mexico campus, like, and that he was going into some sort of like trap. Yeah. This, that was per the arrest affidavit. So, 
Um, well, I guess so. So she catfished him. Um, he was apparently ambushed by three New Mexico male students with bats when he met up with the girl. He shot one of the ambushers and was also shot. He's currently in stable condition at the hospital while one of the ambushers was dead. The shooting has has been and will continue to likely be called self-defense if he was ambushed. A series of bad decisions have led to some sort of charges against all parties involved. Um, people are saying that this game is likely not going to be rescheduled, so it's a full cancellation. And then possibly the game at New Mexico State between the two, so they typically play twice a year, will likely be canceled as well. Um, and like you said, there's a possibility that um, New Mexico State is going to cancel their basketball season this year, which obviously there's a lot more to it than basketball. Um, there's a lot more to life than basketball, as we all know. Um, I feel for the team because this is their last year in the WAC. I feel for the WAC in general because there's a lot of teams out there that, you know, New Mexico State has been the perennial in this conference for a long time. And, you know, you don't want to see him go out like that. However, the fact that we have a young man dead and, you know, a basketball player who was shot, like, I don't know if this situation has anything to do with the rivalry or maybe that's where the, the fight at the football game stemmed from. I don't, I don't know. Um, but you just, you hate to see that. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's saddening. Um, but also I think, I think we have to question, or maybe we shouldn't, I I don't know if this is a reflection of the program or not. Um, why, why does, why does a kid on a basketball trip have a gun? Yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot of questions that the, that need to and are going to be asked in this investigation, stemming from obviously um, New Mexico students trying to bait and lure and assault a New Mexico State player is is Awful. is not good. There's Awful. a number of yeah, I agree. There's a number of things from inside the New Mexico State basketball team leading to the situation where this player is being assaulted and is in that situation are not good. How do you go about preventing those situations? Some of them are harder than others. For example, I've heard a lot of people say, where are the coaches? Um, I know that you've coached and played basketball. I've played basketball and coached other sports. Uh, It is super possible to just walk out of your hotel room and leave in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, realistically, I guess guess to say, like, I can't believe the coaches didn't stop them. Really? You thought that, like... The coaches were going to stay up all night and, like... And in the hallway and, like, guarding the room... So I guess, and not to say that like they're blameless in this, but I think the argument of like, well, the coach should have stopped him. That's kind of stupid. Now, the argument of why on earth would he make the decision to take a booty call? Yeah. Now, now, actually, if that's the way it's being phrased, I guess I can understand it. What maybe what I don't and like, you know. There's just details that we don't know, and it's hard to make a judgment on that. I can understand making the decision to, like, I'm going to go, like, hang out with a girl, <laughs> right? I 
I just think that given the circumstances of he had been in a fight on this campus, perhaps more caution should have been shown. Um, well, and it sounds like he took an Uber or at least found a way to get to the campus of their biggest rival. Yeah. And, and also, the, the, I guess, young, the young lady was 17 years old. Oh, man, this just keeps getting worse. Here's dude, this is so bad. Here's here's the other thing. If he it was it. Uh, I don't know that we know this yet. Was it is it his gun? Like, he's I, I the one who brought R- regardless. I, I don't I don't know if that's a detail that actually matters. The fact is that he had a gun. And for some reason at the hotel, there well, was that's what I mean. I guess yeah. what I mean is, did he bring not like whose gun is it? That doesn't matter. Did he bring a gun with him to the UNM campus? I think we're I think you're I think you're speculating in a thing that I I'm afraid yeah. to go down that trail. Well, you know what I'm saying? I guess like it's all uh, the and this is what I was alluding to earlier, which is like we just don't know and we shouldn't speculate. I think we can agree that it's what the UNM students did is really bad. And what this New Mexico state player did is really stupid. Um, Oh yeah. 100%. yeah. And I, I don't, as far as like logistics of like whose fault is it? I think that's hard. And also as far as what do you do now, if you're New Mexico state, I think that's really hard. And they, I know yeah, they're they're in a terrible tomorrow. situation. Like this is this is gonna be you said there was a Zoom conference tomorrow. I don't know if it's a Zoom conference, but there's some sort of it might be there's some sort of announcement publicly being made by the university tomorrow. So so we'll be on the lookout for that. And I guess expect an update. I mean, if you guys are following the whack, you'll you'll know probably before our next podcast. But we'll talk yeah. about it. I'm sure whatever the result is. Cause yeah, I mean, there's other stuff where like if they don't cancel the season, is this a person who's going to continue to be on their basketball team? Right. Like those are, these are all decisions that have to be made. And is this person going to be facing legal charges? Right. This is all stuff being decided. Uh, It's going to be, it's going to be hard. And I think that, I think that we, we, uh, I don't know that I have anything else to say other than it seems like a lot of people did a lot of things that were either bad, stupid, or both. And we've now got ourselves in a in a big predicament for the University of New Mexico as a university and for the University of New Mexico State's athletic slash basketball program. Yeah. And yeah. to see to see how this plays out will be uh interesting. And and I think we just have to see what happens and uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and and you know even though they don't consider us a rival whatsoever, we consider them our rival. I, I have absolutely no, no love for New Mexico state whatsoever, but I don't care. Uh, this is, this is a terrible situation. I feel you, you wouldn't wish this on any program, honestly. And it's just, I, I really hope that they're able to, you know, solve some things, get a game plan together and, figure out what happened, why it happened, what they can do moving forward. I would hate for their basketball season to just be tossed. That that would be so tough, especially for those guys who, you know, had absolutely nothing to do with the situation. It, yeah. It's that is anyways, we don't need to stick too long on that. Um, do you have anything else that you want to chat about? Well, I don't know. Um, 
on the I'm trying to see I have the other section. Um the only two things on my other section that we we haven't really brought up or brought up in in brief um oh shout out Cal Baptist's win at Washington. Big I think win. this adds, adds to the narrative like we said we didn't talk about Cal Baptist. They look good. Um they're kind of sneaky good. They're they're under the radar. Uh that win against Cal Baptist is nice. Um they lost at home by 15 to Long Beach State is not so nice, even though Long Beach is not bad. Long um, Beach lost to Bozeman, the Bobcats. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. And it was aren't it was pretty they, decisive too. Aren't they usually a pretty good team? Uh they're 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 usually pretty decent in their conference. Yeah. They're in the um what what conference is that? They're the the, the big, big West. West, yeah. yeah. Um so Cal Baptist, that's a tough loss. Win in Washington is nice. They lost by one in overtime against Minnesota yesterday, who's a pretty good team. They look they look all right. Um, so that was a nice win. The only other thing I had was uh, the Conference USA. Okay. The New Conference Mexico State's USA. future home. Is it really? Yeah, that's where they're heading. The Conference USA, according to Bracketology, is a two-bid conference. Okay. Who, With, who's coming out right now in bracketology? Middle Tennessee State is projected to win the conference as as the 15 seed. And UAB is projected to be an at-large team. They beat Georgia today by 14. They're 5-1. and one. Their only loss is to Toledo. They they have some other... They didn't just beat Georgia. They they put the, they put they the beat down bad. on them. They beat them by 14. They're yeah. a good team. They're they're uh, I don't think what's funny is and I don't know where that why the discrepancy I don't think their Ken Palm is very good but they're in bracketology they're listed as like a a, a team inside the bubble but I want to say in the Ken Palm they're in like the seventies. Let me check really quick. Um, well the seventies is still pretty decent for it's good. It's it's not what you would think of an at large team. Well, well well let's look at it this way. Okay, so in Ken Palm, the WAC is the thirteenth best conference in yep. college basketball. Conference USA is at eleven. Um, yeah, we're looking at UAB currently. They are, um, like you said, Middle Tennessee, best team in that conference, and then they got UAB listed after them. I'm looking oh. at let's see here, UAB is, um, Zach, they're number 43 in Kempom, really? Yeah, okay, maybe I looked at them before the Georgia game, yeah, so so. Two bid conference USA is, is pretty neat. I I don't I don't know that that's gonna hold up. Um, that's a good that's a good conference, man. North Texas, the Mean Green is in there. They're yep. pretty good. Yep. UTEP, UTEP is like twelfth in that conference. They're like they're like they're seriously like tenth place at two and one with a win over New Mexico State. Yeah, that conference is kind of nice. It it, um, it is pretty nice. Yeah, that I think is is all I have. Other than uh one. One, I guess, question for you, and, and this is just a, a, a thought I was having as I was watching random college basketball games. Outside okay. of outside of the WAC, what is your favorite conference to either like watch games or like support teams? What is your favorite conference outside the WAC? Do you want my fandom answer or my coach? You know, I love basketball answer. Let's go with your coach answer because I think I have a I have two different answers too. Okay, you can, so. You can, so when it comes to like my, you know, I appreciate basketball answer and I love taking things from coaches um, in a conference. I'm looking at the big 12, man, that, that 
conference is stingy when it comes to defense, and that all comes from um, Texas Tech in was that 2018 when they made the Final Four? Yeah, with Chris Beard when they beat New Mexico State by like one. Or no, that was that was a different. That was awful. Well, regardless, Chris Beard, the now coach at University of Texas. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, Chris Beard. You know, they had they had them forced in sideline. Um, just stingy defense, and that that kind of paved the way for the Big Twelve to be a super competitive league defensively. Um, obviously, they've been pretty decent defensively in the past, but nowadays you're seeing copycats around the entire Big Twelve: um, Kansas, Texas, Baylor, a team that won the national championship a, a couple years ago under Scott Drew, all just kind of taking a blueprint of force and sideline, no middle. And it's, it's, it's rough sailing there for, for teams when it comes to scoring in the big 12. And I, I that's why I really appreciate it. I don't get to watch a whole ton of it. Um, I'm very busy as is. So it's really awesome when I get to watch GCU games. Um, yeah. But I see a lot of clips and, and a lot of stuff on, on Twitter and social media, especially from the big 10. Um, and I think it's just really awesome to see teams really lean into defensive strategies that ask a lot of athletes, but they're able to execute at such a high level. Yeah. As a fan, yeah. as a fan, um, wow. It, it, if you listen to my, to my little rant about Bellarmine last week, <laughs> I, I think the Atlantic 10 is a really fun conference. Or sorry, not the Atlantic 10, the A-Sun. The Atlantic 10 is actually a really cool league. The A-Sun, um, is that Lipscomb, Lipscomb and Liberty? Yep, Lipscomb, Liter- yeah. Liberty, Bellarmine. Um, the Atlantic 10 is a really cool conference. I think it's really solid. The Big East is awesome, man. Like I, The nice Big thing East. about Big East is they're always on national television. And bubble um, teams every year. <laughs> what? Sorry. And bubble teams every yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, the Big East is solid. Yeah, they're um, awesome. But I mean, when it comes to like fandom, I would say aside from the whack, I would, I would probably go with the West Coast Conference. I'm a I'm a Gonzaga fan, yeah. so you know the West Con- the, the West Coast puts out some pretty decent teams every year. Um, right now we we've already talked about San Francisco. They're a decent team. Um, nice little win for GCU last year against San Francisco. That was big. Um. Yeah, but you know San Francisco is a decent program over there in the in the West Coast. You got you got uh, BYU who's been really good recently. St. Mary's who's kind of resurged as a as a powerhouse out of that conference. Um, and then obviously you have Gonzaga who has really just kind of blueprinted how to be a dominant mid major team. Um, you know yeah. for the last. 15, 20 some years. So mm-hmm. I think the West coast is a really cool conference. I think I actually said it last week while I was talking to John Mark on the pod, the West coast would be a really cool place for GCU. Dude, it would. And we're playing Loyola Marymount next week, who is Loyola Marymount is a member of, um, of that conference as well. Exactly. And, and G and GCU went two and O against West coast conference team last year. Um, they beat Pacific. I know that for sure. And then they also beat Pepperdine last year. Or was it was it LMU? Was it oh I'm trying to recall, but we went two and oh against West Coast teams. They weren't they weren't, you know, they weren't the BYUs and the San Franciscos and the and the San Francisco they 
Were they in at-large? Did they make the tournament last year? I, I don't recall. I don't recall. I know. They may not have made it. I know that St. Mary's was in it. I'm yep. not sure about BYU. Um, yeah. It was a good conference. But, but it really is. And it's actually interesting because BYU is heading for the Big 12. Yeah. That's that's not just football. Am I correct? Conference. No, I think conference. This is something that like is an overarching thing. Conference realignment in the next couple of years is going to be so crazy. And, and don't get me wrong. I love college football. College football is awesome. But yeah. college football is to blame for all of this. And it's going it, to it's just like how the Big East used to be a really good football conference. Um and a really good basketball conference, and it's still a good back basketball conference now, but it was kind of on the downside for a few years because of realignment in football. And I'm really curious to see what conference realignment does to basketball on behalf of football in the next coming years. Because you the got Pac 12 is done, it, it's, so, it's actually crazy. USC and UCLA are leaving, they're joining the big. 12 big they're, no, they're, the big they're joining the big 10 which is yeah. crazier than the big 12 and, because the big 10 is literally you got imagine being ucla well there is that also the possibility that ucla gets blocked by the california board of regents from joining the pac-12 or joining the the, the big 10 yeah. we'll see usc and is a baylor, private baylor institution and texas are leaving too right not baylor texas and oklahoma are leaving oh, the right. big 12 for the sec but could you imagine being a Southern Cal team, um, USC, you know, moving to the Big Ten and having to play a conference game on the road at Rutgers. <laughs> no thanks. USC versus Rutgers, a conference game. Dude, unbelievable. I feel, like, I feel like they would do so bad because every team who's just like, like the Wisconsin's and like Minnesota's of the world who are just so miserable. And then it's just like 70 and sunny <laughs> and they just get to play football. Right. Right. It's, it's yeah. actually the, the whole thing is, is unbelievable. And I'm actually curious. So we're kind of stemming into college football playoff. Are you, are you familiar with what's going on with college football playoff? Yeah. I am. Yeah, so, so they're moving to 12 teams. Right. And great. So great. really, really big, great. really big. Yeah, awesome change. Um, when they're going to do it, it's not set in stone yet. However, um, I'm not sure. I, I know I've read it a few times. I'm not sure exactly how the format works out. But there's like a guarantee for, I think, the top five or six maybe um, conference champions. And so winning a conference championship is actually, like right now it is kind of a big deal because like you could see a U. Uh, sorry, not a, a USC, an LSU team who's 9-2 and two right now with a Loss against Florida State at the beginning of the season, thanks to a missed extra point, craziest football game I've ever seen. Yeah, um, and a blowout loss at home to Tennessee. They could, and they're not going to. At least I don't expect them to. But they could win the SEC championship against an undefeated Georgia squad and make it into the college football playoff. Can I tell you why you're gonna freak out? Can I tell you why LSU? is going to beat Georgia and then win the college football playoff. Please tell me. It is because Arizona State is the most cursed university on planet Earth. Okay. And when their star athletes leave, they go and they win the championship. At Remy Martin. At Remy Martin. And now at Jaden Daniels, who is the quarterback of LSU after many a years at Arizona State. Sure. Transferred senior year to LSU. And now they are 
a team that could potentially make the playoffs. Here's here's what's hard. And like I know we're way off like off of GCU basketball here. Nobody cares. That's fine. If you're still listening, I love you. I hope that you care about college football. All right. You're the college football committee. Yeah. LSU beats Georgia. Okay. They're in. I'm sorry. They're in. When TCU wins out, you take two loss LSU over the loser of Michigan, Ohio State. Because, like, those are the four teams, right? Here, here's here's the question. Is it a blowout between Michigan and Ohio State, or is it a close game? Because if it's a close game, I was just actually talking to my friend, um, Chris. He's a big Michigan fan. Hates, hates, hates Ohio State, as expected. He's not very um, optimistic that they're going to win that game or make it into the playoff. Oh. But I, I, I don't know if... If it's a close game, I don't think you can count out either Ohio State or Michigan, regardless yeah. of whether they play in a um, conference championship or not. Because well, you know, you, yeah. do you know what's going on in the Big Ten right now for football? Uh, There's like legitimately like five teams in the Big Ten West who are four and three or something around those yeah, that mark. Yeah. Yep, they're gonna play like Purdue, <laughs> right? Or, or or Iowa, who literally Iowa. can't score. <laughs> Right. Um. But but, but I mean, <laughs> whoever wins that that Ohio State versus Michigan game is probably going to have a field day in the in the conference championship, and they'll yeah. they'll be you know a, a lock for the con right. or for the play, college playoff. Um, yeah, I think LSU beating Georgia is fun because it throws a wrench into the whole system. I think right now things are actually just set in that like I think. Georgia's going to go on to beat the brakes off LSU because I, I genuinely think they're the best team in the country. They are. And whoever wins, Ohio State and Michigan is going to be number two in the country. Yeah. And the third and fourth teams will be decided by, does Texas Christian go on to win the conference? And I think... So here's the thing. I don't think TCU has it in them. I really don't. They've I been don't skating by. So I think here's what it is. I think it will either be, I think whoever loses Michigan and Ohio State is going to get in anyways. And I think it'll be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and either TCU, or if TCU loses, it'll be USC. Yeah, well, USC you got to also count on USC winning the conference championship. And they have and they have Notre Dame this week, which is not an easy game because they, after looking horrible for a while, kind of look like a team. And, yeah. and seriously, like, Oregon is scary. And I actually think Oregon's better than USC. But... They, they did lose the to Washington. Yeah, but the Pac-12 doesn't make any sense. It's just like basketball. It's the Conference of Champions, so. It is. They did lose to Georgia week one and then looked dominant all season until they lost to Washington. Um, I think they're better than USC. USC hasn't played anybody. Their first ranked game of the year was last week against UCLA, who's like also not actually good, um, in my opinion. So I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I think if Michigan loses a game, I still think Michigan should be above USC. Oh yeah. No, no. I I don't think there's any question of that. The problem is are you going to take a one-loss Michigan or a one-loss Ohio State who doesn't play in a conference championship over a conference champion USC at yeah. um, you know, 12 and 1 or whatever they'll be. I am. Here's here's the question. And I don't really follow the college football playoff to the point where I know exactly what the criteria is that the committee uses to select teams but the question is are you going to let the best team in or are you going to let the better resume in and i and i know that resume is actually a huge thing for college football playoff um speaking of 
like resumes versus the best team um, in the FCS Montana, you know, we got our brakes beat off of us this week against Montana state Bozeman. Um, it was agony. Grizz goes seven and four. You're required to have seven wins in the FCS to qualify for the playoffs. Unless of course you win a conference championship at six and five, but um, Montana got in at seven and four with zero wins against teams with a winning record um, into a playoff field of 24. And when it came down to it, Montana lost two top 10 games against uh, top 10 opponents on the road without their starting quarterback and demolished. And I mean, demolished. They beat Cal Poly 56 to zero and Eastern Washington 63 to seven in the last three weeks of the season. And it came down to a question of who is the better team. Are you going to take a Montana team out of the big sky conference, which is the best conference in FCS, unless you want to say uh, the Missouri Valley or the CAA, or are you going to take a team like Chattanooga who plays in, I don't, I think they're in the big South. And it's not as strong of a conference, you know? And so when it comes to the college football playoff, is the committee going to look at the team who is better or the team with the better resume? Because if you're going to pick the team that's better, it's going to be Ohio State or Michigan. Yeah. If you're going to go for the resume, you might have to go with USC because they'll have a conference championship, assuming USC's resume. USC's resume is so bad. Well, it is bad. It is bad, but they'll have a conference championship, right? Yeah, I they they have played. So there is also two, and I think this matters. Uh, where did your preseason ranking begin? In that, like Ohio State has been like they started the year at number two. Everyone knew that team was going to be sick, right? And then they are. Whereas like TCU was not supposed to be great. Like they're fine. They were not supposed to be undefeated number four team in the country right now. Michigan started the season unranked. USC. I don't think Michigan started before. unranked. Did they? They weren't. They, uh, I don't know, but I, I don't think Michigan went unranked. No, you're right. They were number eight. Yeah. So they were number eight, um, which which is pretty good. USC was uh, number 14. Um, Michigan beat Penn State. And that's it. Like, Same other thing than, with like, Ohio the, State, though. Uh, no, Ohio State beat the number five team in the country week one, which was Michigan. Or, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Who, yeah, who Notre Dame isn't great, but lost the uh, next week to Marshall. They looked really bad. They look better now. Notre Dame's absolutely we agree they're on this. In the country, they're they're actually hitting a stride, and I totally think that they can and very well might play spoiler for USC. USC I I don't the, and this is the other thing where like I just think USC is gonna lose. I don't see them beating Notre Dame and Oregon and I don't see LSU beating Georgia. And, and what that means is that Michigan and Ohio state are both going to get in. Well, what you're saying now is that Alabama might be on the bubble. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I was just looking at that. LSU is going to lose to Georgia. I, I don't think USC is going to win both games. If they do that, the only thing keeping Alabama out is, is TCU and like, sure. They could totally lose to, do we know who they're going to play yet? No, no, we don't. I, I, I have no idea, actually. Here's what I will say. Have you watched? I, I, I'm going to be honest. I did not start watching TCU until two weeks ago because I thought this team's overrated. 
and then they were number four. And I saw they're playing in Texas and in Baylor in back-to-back weeks. They're done. And then they proceeded to win in Texas and win in Baylor. Well, so, they, they also won in Baylor on a like a fire drill field goal, which that was awesome. An yeah. awesome way to but they 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 did show very strong against Texas. Like that was a very good one. Yeah, I I like TCU. I was not high on them after the but but I gave them almost no chance to win two in a row against in Texas and in Baylor. And they they did, although the Baylor game was crazy. They look nice. Uh, they could totally lose to. Do we know who there is? It going to be Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma State, uh, someone I, like that. That's a that's a good question. I really don't know. I I don't know how. Do they have? Div, I don't know if they have divisions. It's listed as to be determined, so I don't know how. Yeah. No. I. If oh, I'm guessing, it it, it it might come. Did you just say Kansas? Kansas State is number twelve. Oh, Kansas in the State. Oh, okay. Yeah, then it might be Kansas State. Then, um, yeah. depending on how things shake up. My question is this, okay? And we're going back to the the eye test kind of thing or the who's the better team. Um, I hate to say it. TCU would get steamrolled by LSU. Yep. They would get steamrolled by Alabama. They'd get steamrolled by Tennessee. Yep. And I kind of feel the same way about USC. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. Because I, we're I kinda, we're looking at an, an an Oregon team that played a neutral game against Georgia at the beginning of the season and looked like a Pop Warner football team. Yeah, and I don't know and that, that USC is all that much better than Oregon. There, I don't think they're better at all. I think Oregon's the best team in the Pac-12. Okay, conference. And of I don't champions. think that they're. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that they're that bad. In that, like, it's week one. Things can happen. I don't think that Georgia is legitimately forty-five points better than Oregon. Uh, although they're certainly better. I I think if I'm going by like, who are the best teams in the country? It is Georgia unanimously as like, they are the best team until somebody beats them in my mind. Like they're nuts. And I got to see them lose before I will think any differently. I think Ohio State has been unwaveringly really good. But I think because their resume is not as good as Georgia, they're number two. And I think it's been that way all year because of that. They struggled they, against Northwestern. They did. And they... They they beat Notre Dame, but not super easily. Although Notre Dame at the time was number five in the country, so like those week one games though, whatever. they're crazy. Yeah, LSU lost to Florida State. I think it's very possible to say like talent wise, I would I would certainly engage the argument that LSU is the third best team in the country behind those two. Now they're. <laughs> they're <laughs> Every time I think of t- LSU, have, have you seen that TikTok where crazy. Brian Kelly is like standing back to back to some recruit or whatever? And they got these like purple lights flashing on them and they got the camera spinning around them. And Brian Kelly does the whole like fingers across the eyes kind of thing. It is the cringiest thing ever. I have no qualms with with LSU, but that thing made me cringe so hard. And I was like, if they are successful under Brian Kelly, this is absurd. And they have been. So. Anyways, um, third best team in the country, though. I, dude, I, uh, I think that I, I think that they are playing, dude. They're playing so crazy right now. The last several weeks, they seriously look unstoppable. So, like, they, dude, they Tennessee lost. would beat the brakes off of them if they had Hendon Hooker. Okay, listen, they lost to Tennessee. After they lost to Tennessee, this is what they did. They won in Florida. They beat Florida's bad. Florida's they beat by twenty five. Sorry. 
the number seven team in the country, Ole Miss, by 25. Yes, yes, yes. Big win. Then they then they beat Alabama in that overtime barn burner game. Big win. They won in Arkansas, who like whatever. Yeah. Uh, they beat UAB by 31. UAB's like they're not as good as basketball, UAB. Correct. Uh <laughs> and they're playing in Texas AM this week. They're 10 point favorites. I expect them to cover. They should be uh they should be like 15 to 20 point favorites, honestly. Yeah, I think they're gonna run it down. And then they're gonna play Georgia. Georgia's 15 point favorites. You know what? I will say it now. LSU is gonna cover 15 against Georgia. Okay. I don't think they're gonna win the game because Georgia Dude. is nuts. I think uh, you know what? I, I think you're I think it's reasonable to say that. I I think LSU's so good. So good. No. Dude, good. So good. Yes. They're so good. They're they're not on the level of Georgia or Ohio State. I think they would smoke Texas Christian and USC. And I think that I think that like I think that there's just more parity, like which is a good thing for the sport. But like, well, it, it, it and it's funny like, because you see you see Georgia beat Kentucky sixteen to six this week. They hardly hardly beat Missouri earlier in the season. Did you realize that every single team? who's a playoff team, had like an absolute miserable go of it this week. Yeah, yeah. Ohio State like barely beat Maryland. I thought they were going to lose that game. Michigan was losing for like most of the game against Illinois. They won by two. TCU beat Baylor with like one second left. Right, like every every Tom Ford team could have lost this week. Yeah. <laughs> and then we Could you imagine then Alabama would have been a lock for the playoff? Could you imagine? I don't, I I don't want that. a two-loss playoff team, but... <laughs> But yeah, I, I guess for for I'm I'm torn I'm torn in my heart and soul between I like TCU and I want them to win versus I don't think they're very good and I want a better team in there. And like yeah, that's kind yeah. of like the war that I'm waging in my soul because I want to believe like TCU's gonna get in and like win it all. They're not. They're gonna get in and lose to Georgia 56 to 7. And like that's the way it's gonna be. Um so I don't know. Yeah. No. I yeah. College football. College it's football. A, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um. Since this is a bo- basketball podcast, though, I guess we should ask this question, and we can yeah. close with this. Uh. Okay. Before before I ask the question, though, I think we should like. I'm not super good at, at engaging on on Twitter and stuff like that. You were really okay. good at that last time we did this podcast. Yeah. We need to try and, you know get Twitter people involved and see if they can give us like listener questions that we can talk about. Yeah. That would like be that. so sick. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so here, here's, here's my final question. Pick the four, uh, number one seeds for Ooh. the NCAA tournament this year. All right. Let me pull up the, let me pull up the top 25 and then I'll do that. Hey, I, I'm going to tell you right now, riding high, uh, I'm going to pick Houston as a one seed. I don't know that they'll be the number one overall seed like Joe Lenardi has them right now. Okay. I think Houston's brand of basketball will always win games. And I think that, like, there was a time when Houston was, like, a bubble team because they had an incredible brand of basketball with a bunch of mediocre players, right? Mm -hmm. And now that they have national attention, they're running that same brand of basketball with five-star recruits, and it's never... They're never going to lose. They got a bunch of dudes who, like... Are, are incredible 
like diving for balls and playing hard. And they're they're going to beat you. They've always been a team that's going to beat you by playing harder than you. And now that they're actually incredibly talented, they're just not going to lose. They're not a team. They're they're not a team for me that is going to like just lay an egg and drop a game. And okay. so I think if you want to beat them, you have to beat them. They're not like, yeah, I don't know. We just like shot 20% from the field and got beat by 30. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I think they're going to be a one seed. North Carolina looks real to me. I think they're going to be a one seed. The field is wide open after that. I'm with I don't, you. I, I think that those two teams have both looked really good. Um, after that, I, I don't think it's going to be Gonzaga. Um, Kansas has looked good. I, I just think they've lost a lot of talent, and I worry about cohesion. I think They're really they're young. Yeah. I think they're a team that could win the national championship, but I I also think they're a team that's going to lose a lot of games like in on the process. And so I, I, I think they will be like, they will be a team that's a three or a four that I could see picking to my final four. Sure. Um, sure. I'm going to so, go. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm going to go with North Carolina. I'm going to go Houston. Um, I am going to go. I'm trying to see if there's any teams down here who I actually think are going to end up being crazy. Um, I'm going to go those two teams. I am going to pick uh, the University of Virginia. Okay. Um, I think I think they're about it. They they won the main event by beating Baylor and Illinois in back to back games. They look kind of nice. They have a game coming up in Michigan. I think they just play a style of basketball that's good. And ever since they lost to UMBC, there has been like a fire in that program. <laughs> and and my fourth number one seed. Dude, this is just so it could just be anybody. Like it could be any of these top ten teams. Yeah. It could be on like it could be anyone, even outside Arizona. It could be Kentucky. Um, yeah, just for for the sake of that, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Arizona. I think they're. I think this is it for them. I think they're gonna do it. I'm watching them beat. I, I'm watching them beat San Diego State right now live on national television on ESPN. Sure. I'm gonna go Arizona as my fourth one seed. They're like 14th in the country right now, so that might be a stretch. But those are my <laughs> one seed. What What do you uh, got? So I'm gonna go with Houston. I, I'm with you there. I do think they will probably drop a couple games i'm not gonna yeah. i'm not gonna lie here's the thing with houston is um it, it's kind of like i don't really want to compare them to syracuse because it's extremely different but they play a brand of basketball that when you get to the tournament it's going to be incredibly hard to beat syracuse yeah. not that they make the tournament a lot but when they do it's hard to beat them because the only teams that are preparing for their defense are the teams in the acc mm-hmm. and so when they face teams that aren't in the acc those teams tend to struggle against Syracuse not that Syracuse wins a lot of tournament games anymore but that's just kind of the way it was traditionally so Houston I think I I can honestly see them making a a pretty decent run and also being a one seed um it's really hard to pick a a big 12 team um coming out of uh, coming out of the big 12 and having a one seed just because I think that conference is going to beat each other up um but I could certainly see Texas coming out of there although texas does this thing every year where they're like really good at the beginning of the season and they kind of you know throw at the end of the season or towards the middle of the season so they're gonna lose the arkansas pine bluff you know <laughs> it, you never know texas is pretty decent though and and you know chris beard is their coach and he did some pretty awesome stuff at, at texas tech so we'll see um so i'm gonna go houston i'm gonna go texas i don't think gonzaga is one seed caliber but depending on how their non-conference goes and how they play against St. Mary's and BYU on the road, if they were to pull out a couple of those games and, and head into the tournament with three or four losses, I 
I don't know how the rest of the country will stack up. They could get a one seed. I'm not going to pick them though. I'll probably go with, oh man, it's so tough. Uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Possibly. Hey, here's one. Possibly Creighton. Dude. (laughs) I was just watching them play earlier. They're, they're really nice. Creighton's the real deal. I don't know if they're one seed material. It's just, it's too hard to say right now. We'll hit this in a couple weeks though. There's, there's also NBA bias too. Of they got a guy Arthur Kaluma, who mm-hmm. is a guy that can go top ten. And the, remember, remember when Trey Young was at Oklahoma and they won eighteen games, and everyone's like, ah, put him in the tournament. They got a, they got a guy going the, you know. So I, yeah. I, I do think there's that bias of like this guy's a lottery pick. Give him the one seed. Yeah, I can see that. I can sure. see them losing two games and then getting a one seed, and everyone's like, they got a one seed over two lost Duke, and everyone's like, yep. Um, so. <laughs> I can see something stupid like that happening. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think uh, I think the the college basketball landscape is going to be really interesting this year. We can uh, we can definitely look into this one seed conversation a few weeks down the road. Um, I'd like to ask you this, okay? What do you think it's going to take to be the one seed in the WAC tournament? You can lose two games. Two games, I think. I, yeah, I think I think it's a little because there's just so many good teams. I think it's different from the like like that was uh, I, I heard you and, and John Mark say this on the last episode, and it was really true. Is like if you want to be the one seed, you have to split with New Mexico State, and then both of those teams will beat the crap out of every other team. They'll both end with one loss, and then hope you get the tiebreaker. And like that was super true. Is like yeah, can't lose any games. Uh, I don't think that's true anymore. I think we can still lose two games and get the one seed, maybe even three. I'll say two to be safe in that, like, in that, like, I will say if we lose two games, we are the one seed. Um, just because I think everyone's going to lose games. There's too many, like, Sam Houston can just, like, go beat somebody, right? Tarleton can beat somebody. GCU's can, can, if they shoot well, everything else about their team's great. If they decide, if, if they have another game where, oh man, I, I forgot his name. Harrison is that his name the the guy who Rayshon Harrison Jillian yeah Rayshon, yeah if Rayshon Harrison decides to shoot nine from eleven again they could just go like smoke Sam Houston so like anyone can beat anyone I think for the first time like la- I think last year it was kind of like that I think this year it's like that uh, we've added a lot of good teams and I think teams are going to lose games I don't think anyone's going to come out unscathed I think two losses will get you the one seed okay I that what, what yeah I would I would say I would even go as far as three um. Yeah. Four might be borderline, but I I still think it's a possibility. Um, if you're shooting for two losses, though, I think that's that's a really great spot to be at the end of the season. Um, and I mean, if you're gonna win the whack, you gotta you really gotta be that one seed or that two seed. Because when it comes down to it, we adopted the uh, the the whack adopted the West Coast Conference style of bracket play, where there is literally a three round bye or something like that for the top two uh, seeds. How, uh, dude, okay, I'll have to think about this for the next episode. How, what even is the whack bracket? And that, like, how many teams in our conference are actually eligible to play in this tournament at the end of the year? Wonderful question. Uh, who knows? Somebody who's done the research, um, but it's literally the same bracket, okay. um, the same format as the West Coast Conference, where the top two seeds yeah. get buys all the way to the semifinal. So if you if you really want a legitimate shot at winning this tournament, being the one or two seed is imperative. At yeah. three or four, that puts you in the quarterfinal as a um 
all the way up to the quarterfinal for a bye. That's still really tough. I'm concerned if the Lopes, I, I think, I think this, if the Lopes don't win the whack this year, I don't know that I'll be super disappointed. If we're not a top four team, I'll be really disappointed. I, I, I'm, I'm sick of losing, you know, it, you. it's, it, it's one thing to have a winning record in conference, a winning record in the regular season, um, basically lose two games max at home. Um, but if you're not winning conference championships, it, it's, it's really tough. And the question is, has GCU set the standard yet of if you're not winning conference championships as a coach, is the program successful? Um, you know, Bryce drew did it in his first year, granted COVID season. Um, sure. last year it looked like the same old Lopes to me. Yeah. The Lopes. Yeah. Is the and Lopes. I, I think, the, and I, I want to see the Lopes succeed because I think a lot of people and maybe rightfully so are going to say like, yeah, the Lopes just won that COVID year. New Mexico state d- didn't get to ever play New Mexico. They were like playing out of Phoenix. It was a disaster. Uh, right. It's, it's the Lakers bubble ring all over again. And, and, yeah. and I think that last year, right. was a return to the Lopes of old. I, this year, what I've seen so far is the Lopes of old. I, I like that we're rebounding better. We can't shoot at this clip and win games. Uh, so we got to, yeah, we got to, we got to see like, like we've already touched on this, this five game spread coming up is, is going to be an awesome indication of, of where we are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, looking forward to that Saturday, November 26th matchup with Pepperdine. It's a home game. Go ahead and catch it on uh, ESPN plus. And uh, we will try and catch you next Sunday with another podcast. But until then, we just hope that everybody has a great week uh, and go Lopes. Go Lopes. Lopes up.